0: You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast with your host, Monster D-Face and Michael Panda.
1: Available on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other podcast streaming platforms.
0: What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your boy here, Monster D-Face, bringing you guys all that fun, fun action today. But we also, of course, have my boy, Life with Panda on the mic. What's up, Panda?
1: Hey, man, what's going on? It's, uh, it's been a couple weeks, but hey, listen, we're staying consistent.
0: Hey, You know what? You had to travel, you had to handle your business. It's you exactly. know, there's nothing wrong with DN de- uh, decompressing, especially towards the tail end of the year's holiday season, guys. I uh, thank you all for being patient with us. I uh, welcome back to I don't know, I didn't check the numbers, but this might be episode 150. It's a big one for us. We got a lot of stuff that we've been dropping, and this will be the last episode of 2021. So, we thought. Let's do something a little different. Let's do something special. Let's bring on a guest to kind of, I guess, bring us into the new year. We have my boy, Somebody's Gun, who I have
2: officially dubbed the SMG. What's up, brother? (laughs) Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Happy to be here. I've listened a a number of times, and I'm happy to be a part of this now.
0: Hey, man, it's been a long time since we had a guest on. I've I, I want to go as far as saying that you might be the first guest of 2021 because I really haven't brought anyone on ever since we kind of got Panda onto the podcast. You know, he and I've just been doing everything. there has been, of course, True. as you know, plenty of drama to talk about week after week or like topics to cover and stuff. <laughs> so we've been very busy. Um, But I, I want to give the listeners, these first timers uh, that might be hearing your voice for the first time, a little bit about you. Let's uh, let's introduce you to the community here. Uh, tell us about yourself, SMG.
2: Yeah, so I make Fortnite content, I cast Fortnite, Uh, luckily get to work with you two awesome gentlemen, whether it be Monster hanging out behind the scenes or uh, up front on some broadcasts and working on some competitive Fortnite content, some educational content is really my my big thing that I enjoy doing, helping people get better and understand some stuff and um, also working the background for Elite Esports, making some stuff happen for them and working with the awesome team that we've built there. That's actually pretty sick.
0: Um, yeah, and you've been around for what? Like, like when did you get into the Fortnite scene? Like, how early
2: would you say? Um, so I started writing for Fort, like about Fortnite, for a uh, digital news media site, probably back in I think 2017, 2018, one of those two, and really just have gotten more and more involved over the past. I guess we'll call it three years now, almost going on four, and. Have not looked back since. I
0: mean, and Panda, when when did you get in? Just since this, we're kind of talking history here. How early did you kind of jump into the Fortnite ecosystem?
1: Yeah, I mean, like the official ecosystem, I would say it had to be during COVID. So, like, April 2020. But, like, I've been in the Fortnite scene paying attention to Fortnite since literally day one launch. Like, it's been... It's been me addicted to Fortnite, to say the least, and now get to uh, do some pretty cool things behind the scenes.
0: Well, lucky for us, talking about cool things and I guess getting reacquainted with Fortnite. We have this new chapter in front of us, which I'm sure you guys at home have been pretty much itching to hear about our initial thoughts and feelings on the new season, the new chapter. This is the world that we once knew of Fortnite, flipped back upside down, and we kind of get taken down memory lane, and we saw some new or... I should say reintroductions of some other POIs and of course, some new additions and a ton of new weapons. So uh, gun, since you are the honorable guest here, let's get your initial crack at what do you think about the new season? What kind of took you by surprise? Um, what is it that you're enjoying most about the season?
2: So, I'll start with the last question. The thing I enjoy most, honestly, is the Spider-Man gameplay. I don't know that it'll be the most competitive thing, but as far as Arena goes, like that to me just fits what Arena is. Everyone's W-King. Everyone's getting in fights. You get to jump around, jump from fight to fight. And, you know, at this point, we kind of know that Arena doesn't replicate the competitive play style that we know and love. So if you're going to go and enjoy it, the Spider-Man mechanic and the new Mythic is awesome. Um overall gunplay eh, i don't know how i feel about that one the spray meta is strong with this season and um i don't know even as a controller player I, i don't love that but the one piece that i jumped on and immediately recognized is how nice like we're on unreal engine 5 we got a new map it looks so good the overall map generally from like First initial thoughts feels like it'll be solid feels like it has some good overall competitive balance the one thing that might or might not be the best is going to be the pois but i'm sure we'll talk about those soon
0: yeah definitely and i, I want to kind of jump into the i guess i guess the uh the elephant in the room in my opinion is epic sort of reverting to this spray meta which if we all remember like if you really think back like ch- i guess chapter one right the first I don't want to say the iteration of of a decline, but like the first version of frustration, like mass widespread frustration, I would say was around the LMG minigun, ridiculous, high fiery SMG spray meta that we had like in early or late chapter one, which at that point made, I feel like people have a bad taste about Fortnite and their experience in Fortnite. Um, What do you think kind of drove them to go back a couple steps in my opinion and kind of, you know again change the shotguns and kind of get back to like this smg meta
2: um typically it's during the summer so like you get very high player base because people are at home and like you get newer less experienced players um is typically when we see these spray metas coming into effect so it almost makes sense this patch right before christmas right before everyone's going to be on a break and epic's going on a break we don't know we're what still a month and a half away from fncs so it's not exactly like this is what we're going to be playing with might as well throw it out there allow everyone to have some more fun and ultimately the best players are going to figure out what to do at the end of the day like they'll have the edge and everyone else gets to have their fun at the same time um do i want this to be the way it is for FNCS? absolutely not we (laughs) need to see some significant changes in order to um balance it
0: but we'll, we'll see uh, Panda, what, what's your take on it? Because you know, I, I know you've been on vacation, but I'm sure you know you you go live on a regular basis. You get out there, you get sweaty. Uh, how, how you feeling on new season?
1: Um, it, it's interesting, right? And I think uh, Gun mentioned a lot of good stuff. Uh, I think there are two things that I think should be at the top of the list that that get balanced ahead of competitive season. But all in all, the the map is beautiful. I, I think the the gameplay feels really solid. The the Spider Man. Mythics, uh, I, I hot t- a hot take, but I love them and I think they should just stay in. Right, it, it's just similar to Grappler, just maybe a little bit stronger. Right, but um, I think two balance balance changes, like overall, need to to kind of hit the game, and it's it's either you you make the striker more similar to the pump in in um in, in every way, or you nerf the SMG a little bit, and it doesn't have to be a significant nerf to the striker SMG. But if you can balance it just a, just a little bit, it will make a world of difference. Because right now, and Gunn mentioned it too, it is kind of a, a spray meta. And that Striker SMG plays a huge factor in it. Now, obviously, people say the, the MK is, is a, a huge factor as well, which is the new AR with that red dot. But I think that is less of an issue than what the smgs are currently so i think if you could find a good balance to the the shotgun um the the striker shotgun and then nerf the the striker smg just a little bit before fncs i think we're going to be looking at a really solid competitive season
0: yeah i'm kind of on board with that i think the difference between the shotgun and the others that no one's really talked about is the sound it makes i think it sounds scarier than what it is and maybe kind of that's the perk of it maybe that's the thought behind if it just really feels intimidating. It doesn't necessarily it's kind of shooting pillows out, but you know, it, it sounds like you're getting chunked. It sounds like you're getting cracked whenever uh those big shots start do start to ring out. So I'm feeling like they are on that kind of train. Like, okay, we're gonna take a weapon, we're gonna make it really loud. We're gonna make it feel super punchy. Um but it's not gonna do the damage that uh you probably expect or maybe the O shotguns did. So it could be just a little bit of a mind game there and that could be maybe the balance but like you said the numbers don't lie Uh, smg is definitely the kingmaker when it comes down to what players are needing to prioritize as far as loadouts go Um, we're seeing a lot of smaller tournaments or like even community tournaments now being hosted and pros are opting to drop and we even have keyboard uh you know mouse and keyboard players dropping shotgun completely running the mk7 or the mark 7 and smg combo with like three heals or obviously mobility and stuff like that kind of patch worked in there so we are seeing tons of players actually opt out of the shotgun completely which makes for very interesting again pool meta and of course show to cast over for anyone that's in the caster seat which by the way if you guys haven't caught on we all three are so i'm sure everyone (laughs) here is going to continue to get their swings at the new meta um but i want to talk about this mk7 never in the world uh the day the light of day what i thought i'd see a red dot being able to aim down sight with weapons mm-hmm. in Fortnite. this is a first um i just need a yes or no yes or no smg red dots or aim down sight weapons in game are you with it
2: oh i don't know that i can give you a yes or. Okay, no. okay that was
0: too much i need a yes <laughs>
2: or... <laughs> um in the current state no no all right now hmm. i want the why now i want the why well so the whole game is based around a bloom mechanic for aiming and shooting and now there's this one weapon that breaks that and it really changes the gameplay especially for those mid to like later game rotates for the competitive side um which i I don't know is a good thing i I think we've all gotten used to and, and liked the way the game is played. But maybe this is just pushing us out of our comfort zone to to really like, okay, maybe I, maybe I need to rethink how I play the game, and that's what the Red Dot's doing. I think it's cool. Yeah. I just don't know that I like it. Go ahead, Panda.
1: Yeah, so I have the opposite opinion, right? I think Epic has always done a really good job of taking us out of our comfort zone, but also making it not um, not taking us too far away, if that makes sense. Like, I think no one should be able to to just freely rotate and, and think everything's okay without using builds or, or natural cover, et cetera. Like, you should be smart in the way that you rotate. And I think that's where it plays a huge factor, right? And I think in the right hands, that, that MK7, it, it really is the go-to for surge tags now. So teams that struggled in the past with surge now pick this thing up and and they can take advantage of any mistake that the players make around them, because that's that's just it. If you're getting tagged up, especially with the the different elevation points and biomes in this new chapters map, you're you're not rotating correctly. You're not necessarily putting yourself in the best position because at that point you're you're leaving yourself exposed,
0: yeah, definitely. One thing that's really nice about this uh, this new chapter map is that it is very diverse. Uh, not only the you know, the look and feel because of the biomes, but like you mentioned, um, a lot of riverways, a lot of mobility options, uh, you know, different ATV locations. We have rifts in and, you know, oddball locations as well. Um, and then, of course, like you said, these elevation changes. And we have this sliding mechanic, which allows folks to speed up even faster rotates when you're coming off of yeah. um, high ground positions. So if you're really optimizing the way you're moving, I mean, we're seeing people set up mega towers, slide down hills, refarm material faster than ever and getting back to key positionings. And little things like that, right, will definitely change um. The game and, and make it so that efficient players can be even more efficient right and we're gonna see those optimizers i think uh stand out this season more so than than any other at least as far as getting comfortable in the game so i feel that the red dot i think to me uh is cool i'm, I'm all for the chaos that it brings i think gun you hit on something very important there's a there's a particular balance that comes in these end games i, I would say with the blue mechanic being in the game because like you said it, it's just not before, it wasn't players just getting shredded in endgame, right? Because you you kind of expose yourself for whatever reason uh, that may be. Now players are just getting deleted for the slightest mistakes. High ground surely gets a buff, especially if MK7s are in play. And not to mention, um, we have this new, you know, storm mechanic in a sense, right? Like the timing on zone 7, 8, and 9, I think have been adjusted. So they pull even further now. They last a little longer. Uh, so the, the overall game of Fortnite, I think, is taking... Um, a, 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 it's a little bit longer now, right? Like the the match length, the the maximum match length of a Fortnite game, I think is slightly longer uh, due to some of the new changes with the zones and stuff like that. So uh, Epic is definitely tweaking things in in terms of match length and how these end games are playing out and probably trying to reduce the amount of, I guess, heal off potentials. Although they did yeah. introduce, um, you know, these new guzzle kind of, you know, <laughs> drinks and whatnot, which are really, really powerful, allow you to sit in a zone, I think for like 15 seconds or something like that
1: yeah I think it's interesting overall right they 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 took these measures like you mentioned to to push us away from the heal off potential but then they also readjusted the way healing works entirely in my opinion because while we still have the typical minis we have the half pot we have a med kit and bandages we also now have the, the the guzzle juice we have the med mist and then we still have chug splashes and chili chug splashes So if anything, it really just adds to the ability to heal off despite the zone changes kind of seeming like they were intended to be there to to combat that. But either way, it'll be interesting to see in high-level competitive play. And and we kind of got a taste of that, and we'll talk about those events a little bit later. But we got a little taste in these these competitive events just to start off Chapter 3. But with all these players just kind of experiencing it for the first time and all these things being extremely new... I don't think we saw the actual potential for any of these items in that event.
0: No, not, not in full, not just yet. We're again, just at the tip of the iceberg of what is possible here. Um, and just for a sanity check, any of you guys can answer this. The tent is not in arena, right? Like you can't carry no, weapons. Sir. Okay. Okay. I was just going to say, cause you know, that's, that's a whole nother interesting mechanic. for Those of you guys that jumped into casual side, it's being able to, you know, store weapons from round to round, kind of taking like the whole, I guess, gold economy that can stick with you and, and bring it on through, um, I wasn't too sure if I saw a tent or, or not in arena. I feel like no, it wouldn't be there, but I, I wouldn't put it past them to like for it to be like a tournament only item or something like that yeah. too. Um some again because epic they can just do things like that. They can turn on um you know these these limited time features or modes like we've seen before and make them in a tournament fashion. So, um is there a world that you guys think where we can see a tournament specific Maybe loadouts or, or, like, archetypes that can be, like, a part of the competitive ecosystem that are not
2: Arena or not Publix, uh, SMG? Oh, mm. my... Um. I think so. And I think that'd be really interesting. Like, say you get, I don't know, there's some kind of economy with things you that, that you can save within the tent throughout an entire tournament or even just in one game, right? So, say you're playing a duo cash cup, and throughout those 10 games, you get a save only X amount. Then you get to kind of prioritize, okay, what part of the game or what part of the tournament overall do I want to save and use these things? What am I going to stash? What do I find valuable? I think that would be really interesting and add a whole nother dynamic to tournaments overall where you're now not just thinking about the game you're playing because right now it's really just a matter of queue times and are you in a a WQ lobby or are you in a stacker? It's kind of like the overall tournament dynamic. So adding some more... Almost... I don't know, combining the, the tournament games into one game would be really cool, as long as it was balanced, obviously.
0: That's kind of like my take here. Like, how do we add a little bit more complexity to, you know, the the tournament ecosystem without necessarily changing, you know, what makes the, the makes up this foundation, right? It's a battle royale. We already know that. You have your six games or your 12 games, depending on the two-day format. Um, and, yeah. and that's kind of it, right? But, like, there is a world where I feel like, especially with this tent thing or the gold economy that you can make a little ecosystem or again this this tournament have its own overall lifespan where what you do in game one can affect your game six dependent not just on the scoreboard but how you play that game. Uh to me kind of cracks it open a little bit. And um, you know, Fortnite has always been kind of an innovator in the space and we have this new format that they're trying to test out for like victory royals and like game closers and stuff like that. Like I don't know. It just kind of sprung into my mind, but that could be a game changer there. Like you save a legendary whatever from, you know, game two, and then you pick up a win game three, you might want to just pull it out game four, right? And like try to increase your odds to win to close out for the tournament win for the championship or something like that.
2: And we're seeing all these performance evaluations and Epic even mentioned in their December competitive update that they're going to try some new formats for tournaments. So I love trying new things. Like I I think it's awesome to see people tested and push their boundaries. So to add this little piece into a tournament would be awesome. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I'm sure the feedback wouldn't be great right away. Um, Yeah, but it could be awesome Panda.
1: Yeah. See, uh, this is the thing. Every time something new is kind of introduced to the community, I think everybody instantly goes negative because it's not what they're familiar with. But there are good, good things like the tent that can really diversify the play that we watch. Right. Because you could have a, a rough first game, but you can put something in the tent that will make game two or game six, right. More valuable. So being able to hold on to some of that stuff for the future is pretty interesting. And the idea of it is exciting. It's just a matter of, will they actually act on it? It's similar to like the mythics right now where, The Mythics are, they're in Arena, but are we actually going to see them in in competitive play?
0: I was going to say, and let's not forget, you can also just sit in the tent and, like, heal Whites indefinitely, which I thought was, like, really sick, because to me, it kind of felt like you deserve to heal if you have a little bit of downtime. Like, why don't we have a passive regeneration system like most other games have? You know what I mean? Um, Because typically when you're in that, like, what we like to call, you know, White Health, No Shield, um, in most other games, you'll recover, up to like at least 100 hp your baseline hp when you're out of combat and things like that fortnite does not have that um which again as a br it makes you kind of prioritize things differently but the tent kind of changes that because one player having a tent in a trio you put it down it's you know at that point should be usable for all maybe indefinitely or something i don't know i i just thought it was really cool what the tent could bring to the table what it can mean for the game and again the entire dynamic behind it and that's just some of our new chapter uh, thoughts because we have so much this season that they introduced, you know, slider mechanics, uh, map changes, obviously the state of the game and, and the future, what is to come. Uh, but we also have, of course, the developing scene happening right now. We just had uh, JBL Cup go down. We had uh, Phase Mongrel uh, uh, XG Fuel Cup go down in the community. These are our first big tournaments, I would say. Um, you know, I look at these as like tier two tournaments these are tournaments that had 25 $1000 each for competition and some of the best european players showed up played out in JBL's cup we had the best of the best show for the NA finals which is very interesting um i want to get some early thoughts on uh yeah what is competition the competition space felt like for you guys
2: on the new season let's start off with you gun so the one thing i i like is kind of been the break that players have had you know it, it almost feels like people are always taking every single day, like they're diving in full force into competitive. So like the little break we had for the new season was awesome. And then to see these like massive tournaments thrown in here because they aren't massive compared to most third-party tournaments was awesome, right? It's that little peak, you know, you're just peeking through the blinders, seeing what's going on in this season. And I thought we saw some really cool things. I, I expected a lot more shotgun play than I saw in those tournaments. And These pros are already playing more than most people. They're figuring things out. Um, The execution of of um, at least the JBL tournament, I think we can dive a little more into here in a second. But that that's questionable to me. Um, You know, doing two tournaments at the same time and then having one all over the place—it was interesting.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. I have front row seats to the, to the chaos and madness <laughs> that was the JBL. Uh, Panda, what's your take on uh, yeah tournament, the tournament space right now, or at least what you've seen come out of these competitions?
1: Well, I definitely saw a, a void be filled, right? Because Fortnite w- really early um, in December was like, we're not doing uh, a, a winter event, right? We're just going to let our employees have the time off. Uh, come back in 2022 stronger because we have a lot of stuff planned for 2022 and it's going to be a very busy year so that was exciting to hear but also like disappointing for the average player right that really wanted to compete now these events kind of filled that hole but it was interesting that they were like both on the same day and then the the players like uh, there were like some players that played in both right like you again you were kind of there at the front row um, and so there was a little bit of mixover. However, the Mongrel event seemed to go phenomenally. Yeah. It, it, there was no issues, no hiccups. But then when NA hit for the JBL event, I felt like my timeline was lighting up. So maybe it wasn't a great event overall. Obviously, I had no part in it, so I don't know exactly what was going on behind the scenes, but I know Monster will be able to talk a little bit more to that. However... It definitely uh, did not seem to be a a um, player favorite, to say the least.
0: Yeah, no, it was, a, it was a pretty eventful again time on the on the timeline, like you said. Uh, social are definitely on fire. I'm going to take a step back here, so you all listeners can kind of understand um, what went down and and why these again events overlapping on each other were again a l- not great for the community, right? So you had JBL hosting a $100,000. Uh, tournament, which was split across three competitive titles, which was Apex Legends, uh, Fortnite, of course, and then, I don't know, let's just say Game 3 for the sake of saying it. Maybe Valorant. (laughs) I don't know. Who cares, right? (laughs) Fortnite was there. So big money was put on. uh, We had a date. This date was December 17th. And then Mongrel X G Fuel Cup, which was the, the Phase Clan Mongrel, Phase Mongrel and G Fuel had an event planned the same day in the European region for the same exact time. Here was the big issue. Um one, we're talking about the EU region. This is the the I would say the highest ceiling of player. Um, you know, player caliber having this big clash of event. So now you're splitting up all the competitive players to choose basically between, hey, do I want to play Mongro's Cup or do I want to play JBL's? Um, it just so happened that my team over at Practice Server was behind the Mongro Cup. So, you know, naturally we kind of have our you know. We are the grassroots community when it comes down to, like, the players, the trust, the experience. And people are going to believe yeah. that, hey, if we're behind it and, you know, we got the big name like Mongro and Face Clan, people are probably going to prioritize that experience. And they ended up prioritizing that experience, which kind of sucked because, like, JBL, again, had big cash, awesome stuff, but it was, like, locked in. So you had this this huge clash. So that was kind of what spoiled, I would say, the EU JBL Cup is the the player base wasn't there, so you had these pros just slamming on lobbies like it wasn't even fair. Dudes just walked <laughs> away with cake money. Um, so l- let's just say that happens, right? Cool. We move into JBL NA, which now we're talking like you have the best of the best NA players, no conflict of interest as far as timeline goes, and like these lobbies were genuinely competitively stacked. Um, what went wrong? Where do I begin? I would say <laughs> the the biggest issue, Now, I'll, I'll let you guys take a stab at some of the other stuff you might have seen on the timeline, but what stood out most to me was the fact that there was, like, leaks going on in the community as far as, like, I think codes being leaked out. Now, we're talking about a tournament here that is, what, $35,000 carved out for the NA region on its own, and you have, like, basically organizers that are operating in the space with big money and the best of the best players and then not necessarily having the security in place which everyone knows exists in today's day and age so it almost felt like inexcusable as far as that all went um and then there were like yeah. no game resets or anything like that so again that was just like kind of one of the things we saw i mean pan i'm sure you can elaborate on some other stuff and we can kind of break into it but um yeah go ahead
1: no 100 percent. so the biggest thing that was that was talked about, right, is that pros were being intentionally griefed by players that weren't supposed to be in the tournament. And uh, from my experience, right, outside looking in, I've been a, a part of productions on the front line as a caster and an analyst. I've been in productions in the back end uh, doing observing and stuff, and in um, tournament uh, organization in general. And this stuff doesn't happen with with organized people behind the scenes, if that makes sense, right? So. It was a bit of a surprise when I heard that it was ESL that was running it behind the scenes and just had issue after issue with, with these code leaks. And and again, like Monster kind of mentioned or touched on just a little bit, like the technology is there. there is, there's a ton of technology in place. There's a ton of systems in place that allow for a seamless code distribution system so that this stuff doesn't happen and it just seemed to have fallen to the wayside. And so what, it, what really sucks about it is that JBL is taking a risk putting all this money in Fortnite for them to promote, obviously, their products and their brand, etc. But if every time a big company like, like JBL or Intel comes into the space and they throw a bunch of money at it and things go wrong and the community kind of comes up in uproar, it makes them less likely to come back and bring that same money, if any money at all. So it's one of those things that we have to kind of hold sacred when we have the opportunity as big as a JBL event like that is we just need to make sure that we're, as a community, we're on our A game, and we're doing everything we can to avoid issues, especially easy issues that could be avoided like that.
0: Yeah, and and I just want to throw one thing on there because this is like a pet peeve of mine as a talent. Um, and I hate to like bash the production company that threw me the bag for this, but <laughs> like... <laughs> This, this is, if anything, more funny to me than it is, like, me taking jabs at them. But I've never, and I mean never, went into game six of a tournament where players one, two, and three were 100, points. So, you we had a tie between team one, team two, and, like, damn near team three, right? So, we have such a competitive event right now. It's the new yeah. chapter, right? We're going into game six. And i kid you not we did not get a single top three team covered on a broadcast level like quite honestly until you had to show them like zone seven full moving zone and and shio and i were laughing because no matter how much we asked like again casually asked as we're commentating and so you know because when you're commenting you can't just say hey production can, can you get a move on it? Like we need to see clicks, bro. He's in he's in first place. Give me an update. Like you can't just ask production to do that. You can only say it nicely. Oh man, was that clicks over there? Yeah, we haven't seen right. You can only throw hints, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You can ask nicely, subtly. Hope the production picks it up and kind of follows your narrative because you are the story maker when you're casting. There, it's it's the production's job and the talent's job to work together to weave a, a great story for the scene and. I was blown away that if it came just one of the most joking, silly casts we've ever had, because Shio and I were at that point just saying, well, you know what? If this team wants to win, they have to kill all 30 of these guys here because that's what matters. They have a chance here. We're like, you know, we kind of approached this with a whole sarcastic tone because there was nothing else we can do. We were looking at the most irrelevant gameplay ever in a three-way tie last game $35,000 tournament like a, a huge deal here and um it couldn't have it couldn't have honestly gave me a better laugh because of how I don't know dude I get it ESL team they're Australian it was late but bro the observers
2: were sleeping on the job and uh it showed man it was crazy yeah, yeah. I, I specifically remember you mentioning something because I don't think we saw Agers and Co. until it was literally the final two v two, and they were one of those top three teams. And like at at that point, you ha- you had to show them. Like, right. What else you gonna <laughs> put on the screen? <laughs> um, but like the code distribution being via emails, one makes no sense to me. Considering we we have War Legend, we have Unite. Like however you want to distribute codes, it is free and easy to use. And then. The broadcast things aside, it took five hours for six games. You you were yeah. playing about one game per hour, and f- just from a, a purely viewing perspective, like that's that's terrible. I I don't yeah. want as much as I, I love my fellow casters. I don't I don't want to watch you guys. That's not yeah. why people <laughs> are watching the event. I want to watch like the gameplay and. It, it, it's a shame because I, I think they can do better. And ESL does do really awesome events, mm-hmm. and they have done awesome Fortnite events in the past. And I was I was speaking to Panda um, when we were doing something earlier this weekend, and I was like, ESL and DreamHack are now merged as a company. That they, they are one single company. I understand, you know, there's multiple different divisions and things like that. But you think, you know, you're spending this much money on a tournament just just reach out to, to your fellow uh coworkers and be like hey how should we do this can can you give us any tips well, and help us out
0: here's the thing like ESL, JBL, DreamHack whatever you want to call it they're like basically 0 3 in remote settings they have not taken a remote W like this year <laughs> period now their LAN events amazing the original ESL yeah. Katowice great events still talked to to this day some of the most iconic most memorable replayed moments Occurred during that event. Sure, we have some fun memes then too because we had like you know fresh new blood talent on the space, you know, coupled up with some vets and whatnot. So naturally, you're gonna you're gonna see that. But all in all, like ESL has a good track record of that. So does DreamHack. DreamHack has again, DreamHack Anaheim. Granted, that wasn't necessarily casted, and that's probably um, you know again, it's just a DreamHack thing not to necessarily put a spotlight on a professional broadcast level of their uh, you know land pit style events. But that is still. Again, one of the most successful and talked about in-person experiences, as far as players enjoying themselves and like a big deal, like you had international, uh, you know, players show up, travel to the to the states to go ahead and play in that. So their in-person events, big W's. Their remote stuff, man, huge L's. Like the, again, the technology level and just the experience level. I think for again, talent and players alike like there has been just huge huge issues um which sucks because like you you all are talking about you they have the money they clearly have the resources but i feel like they're just living in the dinosaur age where you know you, you got to kind of keep up with the times man these new hungry developers and and tools that are available got to use them right they're they're the reason why the space excels in this remote setting and why um it's been able to thrive without official help from the devs like epic like epic does not really support third party like that not not ever like it was only maybe yeah. this last year they kind of stepped up panda but you know before that nothing that's why we have tools available
1: yeah i mean i couldn't agree more i, I think um they just started maybe with play versus and dream hack right this year and it it wasn't until like summer of 2021 where they finally started putting like DreamHack even in the compete tab and playing it through the game. Like, and that's still not a lot of support, if that makes sense. Cause there are other games right. that will l- like lend out their API so you can create really nice UI setups for broadcasts that Socials. automatically collect data. So, yeah, exactly. So there's just not too much support. Now, that's not to say that Fortnite probably doesn't want to do that, right? But they're very protective of their brand. And when you look at the people that they're they're connecting with, like the Disneys, the Marvels, the Star Wars, it makes sense to some degree, but at the same time, it's like it would be really nice to have just a little bit more support for the community.
0: Well, here's the thing. and I, I don't want to say they because i I did say they'd never support it, but no they they support they they definitely do they They give a lot of um, again, I guess help where they can, how they can. But again, like like you're talking about, that's the real truth of it, right? this is a This is a company that has gone zero to hero, and they are so big that they have to be cautious and careful with everything they promote. and you know, companies pay hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to get these kind of features that epic can, you know, just don't ever ask anyone to pay for, but they decide to support right, in different areas yeah. um, or collaborate with, etc. like in a lot of different ways. So um, yes, their platform is extremely powerful. So you cannot expect them to hey, this is a great event. These guys have a trusted brand. Let's just go ahead and retweet and, and push everything. You can't really genuinely expect that. But we can see a lot more than what we have. I think the new year, we are going to see that. If you're following Stevie, Lumen, um, any of the heads of competitive or social and community um they are definitely hiring. they are absolutely outreaching right now uh publicly, which shows that they are hungry to have these spots filled, and a lot of these spots are surrounding you know do you have the skills to kind of work the back end of the competitive uh tab system? Do you have the skills to run some of the socials? do you have the skills to communicate with competitive players, et cetera So they're definitely trying to level up the experience and and provide the help um that they can in in you know a much more formal way. So it's not that it's not on their agenda. It's just it hasn't been done effectively till uh, to date, right So yeah, that's kind of where we are. Um, but I do want to transition a little bit here to to kind of like the lands conversation because we we're talking about Dreamhack have taken ws on land uh, ESL has taken ws on land. I feel like I gave Dreamhack a little too much credit because like their recent e u land um
1: Oh, where, where,
0: where would you guys rate that? Like that was kind of an L, in my um, opinion. I don't know. I saw like Mama Benji fishy showing up playing in person next to like Archie streaming in the in the floor. Um, yeah, and they couldn't even get lobbies to fill. They couldn't get the codes out. Like I think it was manual distribution as well. Like we can't, you cannot be doing well, this. <laughs> like hello.
1: Yeah. Well, so to give you some context, right? Um, they did a bring your own computer event, right? Which at that point in my mind doesn't even make sense. Well, that, um that's the dream hack
0: style though. Like it's yeah. land pit. So let's just say that's their thing, that's the style. Let's move past that. You show up, mm-hmm. you have your computer, let's talk about the experience.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, start to finish, there was no real broadcast around it, right? It was just the streamers that were there in person that decided to go. Like Monster mentioned, they couldn't even fill a lobby because I mean, the, pri- I think the prize pool was like $2,200 in total. So for, for that prize pool, it's not going to entice, especially for the people that are complaining about the current prize pools, <laughs> uh, let alone a uh, uh, bring your own PC $2,200 prize pool, which is, which again, like monster mentioned is kind of the dream hack style. So when it's not so really supported overall, it's instantly going to get more or less a bad look. And there were some really big names there. Like, um, you had Mama Benji Fishy, right? You had Archie. You had, I think it was it was either Refsgard or Andretta. I don't think it was both of them. I think it was Refsgard actually. So, I mean, there were pros in attendance, and I even think, like, Destiny Jesus went and, and some other people, but it, it just wasn't enough to, like, truly support a, like, full event. And it comes down to these, these LAN experiences having to be... I guess a little bit more organized the, the overall experience from what I saw, like at least on socials and stuff just looked like it was kind of some chairs, tables and, and a couple stands. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like an actual full land experience that people were kind of hoping it was going to be.
2: Um, oh, so, go ahead. Gunn, I, I was going to say, I think it's a little difficult considering we haven't done anything for almost two years. Right. So there's no experience. There's very few people out there that have ever put together a Fortnite land. Even before COVID, there was very few of them that actually happened. So the experience isn't there. And if we try and compare Fortnite to literally any other major esport, it is a massive undertaking to successfully host a land. And this isn't meant to like excuse anything. Obviously, you know, there are ways that the event could have gone better. But Without doing them, we're not going to find out what the troubles are, especially because, I mean, you look at a game, let's say League of Legends, does the biggest event, um, that or Dota, the biggest events in all of esports. It's 5v5 on a stage and Fortnite is a hundred. It is literally 20 times what you're asking for for that same event. Just even host a single lobby, not talking about multiple lobbies, not talking about multiple rounds. So it, it just scales up that difficulty of hosting them, and I think we're going to see some—I'm not going to call them failures, but learning experiences—as we get back into lands, just because of the the sheer logistical nightmare that is hosting a Fortnite land. I will say WSOE, in my opinion, like one that was
0: probably the the greatest Fortnite land event I've ever been to in the in terms of like it was just small enough, but it was also like accessible enough to the public and the way they set up the venue like this massive hotel quite literally right next to like where you were playing at so um like and the whole experience was like super private they flew in all the players they took care of everybody they had the food there uh the audience like you know how many people were able to to attend it was also super small like they had the 100 you know players and desk set up they had the you know the caster area set up and then behind that was a crowd not a huge crowd but like Felt like again a nice, small, comfortable clou- uh, crowd. Um, in- between that one and actually Twitch, when at TwitchCon, when they hosted that in that like small arena, like stadium, arena, um, st- you know, uh, stage area, like the auditorium, I guess, if you want to call it that, like it kind of felt yeah. like very inclusive. Um, though I, my experiences so far, the best ones have really been in those kind of closed environments um, for like these battle royales. It just felt like they were easier, I guess, to control. Right. And, and kind of, yeah. again, even the audio quality, you don't have the big echo of like a massive arena, et cetera. Um, not that the World Cup was like freaking amazing because it was, but it was amazing for different reasons, right? Like the scale of what was going on. Um, but as far as like, yeah, those small environments, those were, I think, by far some of the best feeling events, even for talent alike.
1: Yeah. And one thing I'll add like, we, we just had HCS, right? The, the big, the first Halo land event coming back after Halo Infinite's launch. And, while Halo is a is a four v four game, they had tons of setups set because there were more than just the teams competing on stage. So it, I think the 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 resources are there. I just think um, DreamHack when they were putting together the the Sweden event, it was more of an uh, the winter event, the DreamHack Winter. It was more of an afterthought to include Fortnite. I don't think it was ever at the forefront of the the thought process for what they wanted to do with with that and uh it was more of an afterthought which which is fine but again it it, like for people that went and people that saw it like from a distance their first thought is going to be that oh is this how lands are going to be for fortnite because this is something like that they're doing do you know what i mean yeah so i think i think there's there's so much potential and i think i definitely think the resources are there if you go with the right company like like an esports engine who they were in charge of the the hcs and uh, and really put it in the hands of them that that know how to not only get all the equipment together, but but also the the COVID protocols, which kind of ties into this this next topic about how lands might be halted anyway. But um, it it really boils down to to how they handle it, it from security, safety, and all around production. And I think um that that's just not what that was meant to be, and people. A lot of people mistook it for what it was, let's, if that makes sense.
0: But before our next, our next, like, super major land like, Epic, can you just host, like, Secret Skirmish number two? Like, let's just do that. Like, you know, <laughs> that. like, let's do that. That was dope. That was one of the best events ever. Uh, yeah, again, the, it's just get the players in person. That That's about, like, as COVID safe as we could be, I guess, right? Like. Get him in person. Yeah. It's just who needs to be there and, and a need to know basis. Like that, that's really what the secret skirmish was. Um, and it was awesome. Let's talk about these lands, you know, again, potentially being halted. Like it doesn't seem like the pandemic has improved much, right? If anything, I feel like the state of the uh, pandemic is worsening. We have these new, you know, variants popping up and stuff like that. And um, they're affecting these these places like pretty heavily right now.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. crazy the spread rate, and and I'll let Gun go into it too. But like, it was it's wild to like, I go on any social platform, and I see at least ten, fifteen people a day that I'm following on socials saying that they now have COVID. So it's definitely a weird time for this, and and I think if it continues, if if we don't get a wraps on it pretty quickly, it's gonna cause some more delays.
2: Yeah, and I know I'm. Not a doctor, so I have no no idea how COVID works, but I do know that the numbers are increasing, and I know that Epic Games is typically a play-it-safe kind of company, so I don't expect them to force anything, especially when they've built out this awesome online infrastructure. It, like, it would be awesome, by all means, to have a LAN, but we don't really need them in order for Fortnite as we know it to exist, I think it could be taken to a next level if we do some awesome land events, but we survived the past year and a half without any.
0: I like that. You said that because I feel like I'm one of the only advocates like on the timeline that are like, yo, like I'm not really in a rush. Granted I'm thriving. Cause I'm like casting from home and <laughs> I'm throwing all these dope remote <laughs> tournaments, for my company, like, so I'm not in a rush by any means to be flying around and stuff. Um, I'm jaded. Right. But like, no, like, I think I think even looking at it with an unbiased lens, like you said, we've gotten through it. The online, um, tournament system has been good enough to keep people coming back, continuing to compete, um, in in the players to continue to develop new emerging stars. Like there are still people blowing up in the Fortnite space, um, you know, day in and day out, based off of the the skills that they they're I guess honing right in this competitive environment. Um, granted, when things get to an in person status, uh, it's going to change. Not everyone performs in person versus online. Like, you can look at World Cup as one of the best examples of like Andretta underperforming, clicks initially underperforming. Like, there are tons of players of underperforming in in person uh, settings. So, of course, the landscape's going to change. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not in a rush. I do think, however, Epic, if they are planning to keep things, like you said, conservative, which they most likely are, they have been up until now. They've wanted, been one of the most conservative, just even down to how third parties operate. Very conservative with how you use the IP. And, you know, yeah. again, everything that comes down to devel- uh, delivering, I should say, a tournament is uh, guarded, right? And and goes through strict approval processes um, at the official level. So I, I, I want to see them put much more focus, energy, time into how the FNCSs are delivered, What's being produced content-wise out of the back of these? Because yes, I love the products that we've built with FNCS, but I still think there's a lot more room to polish it, make it better, right? And they clearly have the resources and there's tons of companies out there with the ability to do cool stuff. I'll just put Blast out there as one of the few that are innovative when it comes down to the way they want to capture the content. They have such a great solution uh, for doing cool stuff, even in this remote environment.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I mean, we saw it. You could see the difference, right? When we did Grand Royale versus any of the the standard FNCS weeks, like production level through the roof, right? Uh, the from our perspective, observing, right, was on point. The, the storylines I mean, were easy to put together. Like,
0: I was gonna say, like, listen, they sent us a, a freaking full kit with like cameras, <laughs> audio, lighting. Like, they even go as far as making everything uniform on the in the remote setting so if that doesn't tell you that they're like putting the extra step in so it doesn't feel like you're casting from home i mean what what can right like they go the extra mile
1: yeah i mean i agree i think i I, my hope is that we get more of them in the new year right like more more work with blast we'll we'll see what ends up happening but that's just kind of like our perspective right because again for you all at home while we say all these names like Blast and Esports Engine, you might not realize that's the company behind the scenes that that makes these things work, right? And and obviously practice we server. know, yeah. I was about to say we know Practice <laughs> Server, right? We always talking about Practice Server, but when it comes to like the main Fortnite events, it tends it tends to change sometimes the production company that they're using. Mm-hmm. So, um, Blast definitely on point, um, literally down to the color correction. They were, they were literally logging into our computers to make sure each one of us matched. So that type of, of dedication and, and work that they put into it is special, and which it makes the, the whole environment and the event just feel that much more special. So I think from a virtual standpoint, we need more events like that in, in, uh, in this year because—or in, in next year— because I have a feeling twenty twenty two is going to be a big year.
0: I feel like um, Blast has really proven themselves, and it would not surprise me if Fortnite as a whole pivot their full on team and and make it so like Blast is leading the FNCS, the premier event. Um, because all the events they put on felt very much, I think I think exclusive. Like like they felt really good. Um, and, and it's just clear to me that you know they help push innovate the, the space uh, as far as how the content is covered and things like that. So would not yeah, surprise sure. me if we see a full kind of step in that direction. We'll see. You know, the year is still to come. We don't know, you know, what Epic has planned for this year. Uh, some of you all might be thinking, like, why would they ever change? Like, guys, these companies, you know, literally operate on, like, year-to-year type contracts. Like, things change all the time. Um, and you got to be up to snuff. And when someone new comes into the space, I mean, as someone who's speaking, you know, I'm a CEO of a company it's quality over everything you know what i mean you're yeah. you're gonna go with what's in your best interest and um from a client perspective i don't see why epic would not give more to someone like blast if the budget is there and the availability is there and things like that which seems like they're hungry to continue to expand out of their um you know csgo corner because they've done a lot of expansion this year um even when <laughs> as far as revealing their new studio which is pretty sick but i'm not going to get too much into that um Let's get back onto the let's just talk a little bit more Fortnite before we close out here. It's been a crazy uh episode here. I think we covered a lot as far as yeah. like, you know, the 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 behind the scenes of like production and the delivery, because it, it matters. Probably matters some more like to people like us because we're like nerds, right? We're the actual talent <laughs> and like we're like yeah. hella into the scene. So sorry if we bored some of y'all, but I don't care. Uh but don't worry, we'll, we'll talk some Fortnite here um yeah let's just, let's just give some last you know new season chapter thoughts gun like anything maybe we miss. you want to you want to throw out there and, and put on the table
2: no nah, i just i just want to say that i think we're in for an awesome next year like i genuinely think next year is going to be awesome we touched on a bunch of different pieces one both the competitive and community teams are hiring epic is putting more effort and showing it with their money and actions that they care about this competitive community and they're trying to make it better. And again, the production side, I think it's going to get better. Uh, they're doing new things, they're willing to push outside of the boundaries rather than just putting out your standard FNCS, which I don't think is bad by any means. But, you know, we're only what year three into really competitive Fortnite. So there's always things that can be done and improved that. We'll make it better for us behind the scenes and make it better for all those awesome people sitting at home watching, hanging out. Um, and I, I want to see the new formats. They they hinted at it in their competitive blog post for December. They're saying there's some new formats coming. I, I love new things. I think it'll be really cool to see some new ideas, new tournament formats thrown out there, obviously outside of our standard FNCS. And we're going to get that match point format coming in interested to see how that works but overall man i'm i'm excited i'm really excited to see what we got
0: and i think the reason they said you know again in their most recent blog post like new formats and and things like that i think that was a way for them to kind of say that fncs may not be locked into one singular thing uh because you would hate for them to pigeonhole themselves into that one corner and then it doesn't work out right for this Mm -hmm. title so i think i think they're kind of backstepping on the announcements and all the hype and stuff like that. That's kind of my take on it, but um, we'll, we'll see again. And yes, like you mentioned, like sh- looking forward to it, man, like what is going to happen? How's it going to play out? What's going to feel like? Um, I hope it's a big success. I think it's going to be a big success. Very, very high hopes from, from this side over here, uh, Panda, anything else you want to get off your chest, maybe lo- throw on the table here before we start closing out.
1: No, man. I mean, look, you guys said it best. It- it's going to be a great year moving forward. I have a lot of, faith in 2022 for the competitive year of fortnite and, and i can't wait to get it started
0: well listen guys if you were looking forward to uh a little winter royale i'm sorry we didn't get it this year you know I, I was too i like when the seeing the seeing the community get their free bags but hey epic is on break you should be on break everyone kick back enjoy the new season uh, before we get out of here smg where can the folks at home find you my man lay it out all socials
2: whatever you're working on this is your chance All right. Hey, somebody's gun on all platforms. One word. You can find me somebody's gun. And um, yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on. It was a pleasure to be able to speak with both of you. I know we got to work together in the past, but awesome to sit down and chat for an hour. Yeah, definitely.
0: We want to have you on more. I know we spoke about bringing you on more regularly, so we'll look to be doing that soon, too. So hopefully you folks at home enjoy that as well. Panda, as always, my man, let the people know where they can find you.
1: Absolutely. And and listen, guns being modest real quick. He's got the competitive awards that he is a huge hand in behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. He's putting that together. It's coming the fourth the of January. So make sure to tune in for that. Check all the socials. But you can find me Life W Panda on all socials. And you know, I'm around.
0: All right, guys. And as always, send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us at Monster D face across all social medias. I hope y'all enjoyed this comeback episode covering the new chapter thoughts, a little bit of land, and, of course, our behind-the-scenes feels and thoughts on these production companies, man, and the future of Fortnite. Um, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales.